Week three is over. Somebody hung 70 points on somebody else. There's a lot of quarterback controversy happening already. And there are some teams calling to burn it all to the ground. We're going to unpack all of that and preview an amazing matchup on Thursday Night Football between the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. All that and more coming up on the house call. Welcome into the House Call Gridiron segment, everybody. My name's Kyle. I'm going to be breaking down a little bit of week three action with my man Joe, Sammy, and Justin. And we're going to preview some Thursday night football. But before we get to all that, I want to give a quick shout out to our amazing sponsor, Gorilla Grills. Look, just because your team is in shambles does not mean your tailgate should be. Get yourself right. Go get all of your tailgating essentials at Gorilla Grills. Use the code in our description to save yourself some money and make sure that you can comfortably watch your team crash and burn, just like me, the Bears fan. Use our code, <laughs> go to Gorilla Grills, get some great tailgating stuff. Now, let's talk a little bit about week three football. And no, we're not going to talk about the Bears and Chiefs game because that was disgusting and there's nothing to unpack there. I Fire Luke Getze needs to be unpacked there. Gee. Fire yeah. Luke yeah. Getze, I'm down for. I'm so yeah. down for firing Luke Getze. I'm honestly down for firing this entire coaching I staff. I'm so down for it. They've had one sack in three weeks total as a team. One sack. That's it. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, I didn't know Matt Patricia and Joe Judge could form into one person and change their name to Luke Getzey because that's what this offense is. You've taken it's a great awful. quarterback and ruined him. And I don't even like, and people are going to say, oh, but Joe, Justin Fields is making bad throws. Mac Jones looked like complete and utter dog shit under Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. What's he looking like right now? Like he's going to throw for 30 plus touchdowns and 4,000 plus yards. Okay. That tells you everything you need to know about having a competent OC. You have an athletic guy who can give you 5,000 all purpose yards in a season and you're wasting his potential. Fuck. Okay. We can move on to something else. Sorry. We can move on because I like, <laughs> you can see what I, you can see what I put down there. I think Justin Fields almost is more mad get than traded away, And I think he deserves to get traded away. I think he deserves better than Chicago. We have failed him. Yeah, go wrong Caleb Williams. <laughs> we, well, let's ruin Caleb Williams. Let's do it again. Rinse and repeat. There's a list of all of the quarterbacks that the Chicago Bears have ruined, and it is depressingly long. Anyways, speaking of a, speaking of a pretty depressing game, my goodness, the Miami Dolphins, absolute, like, okay, the Denver Broncos under Sean Payton, there, it was new hope, new era, new excitement, and now, Sammy, what is it looking like in the future after your Dolphins hang 70 points on the Denver Broncos? It feels unreal to even say. Okay, first of all, I'd like to apologize to all the families, women and children that had to watch whatever that was in uh, that Sunday afternoon. I mean, that was probably one of the craziest blowouts I've ever had to I've ever witnessed in my entire lifetime and me personally I've seen some crazy blowouts I've seen the Patriots like completely whip us I've seen the Ravens hang like 50 like but this man this right here it's completely different I want to touch on two things I want to touch on the Dolphins first this is the best offense in football and I don't think it's really close um I know two of their first three matchups are against pretty trash defenses but even against the Patriots, and I hate to do this to Joe, I hate to discredit the Patriots defense, but even against the Patriots, you could still see the Dolphins offense move down the field and they were still in field goal range and they were still within striking distance of scoring. The run game was immediately, it was impeccable. I think it's time to start this conversation where the Dolphins might be the all, all odds favorite to win this Super Bowl because if this against this offensive team, there's no stopping it. There's only containing it. If this defense, if this Miami Dolphins defense can switch it up and become a, a solid defense, because they've been pretty average up to these three weeks, if they can become a solid defense, there's no team better than the Miami Dolphins. Peep the Dolphins hat. Anyway, let's talk about the let's talk about the Broncos because that's really what we want to talk about negativity, right? Well, I got it for you guys. Sean Payton, after saying what you said about Nathaniel Hackett, you should be ashamed about how your team has come out the last three weeks because my goodness, losing to the Raiders, okay, losing to the commanders and then losing by 50, 50 to the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are that are good. They're really good. But 70 points is inexcusable. I can 
I almost feel bad for Russell Wilson. And and by no means is Russell Wilson not at fault. I feel like he has some fault in it. But Sean Payton did not have these guys ready to play. This defense, if Vance Joseph is not fired by tomorrow, that just delete the whole franchise. What are we doing? How is he still here? You had a t- defense that was top five last year become one of the worst defenses in the league. You let Jimmy G and Sam Howell look amazing. Okay, had everybody fooled. You thought, oh man, Jimmy G might be turning a, 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 a leaf with uh, Josh McDaniels back as if Josh McDaniels is a good head coach. And then everybody thought Sam Howell, hey man, he's he could show. No, no, no. It's always been the Denver Broncos and Vance Joseph. It's utterly ridiculous. I think this needs to be said. If Sean Payton can't get this team under wraps, rebuild the whole thing. They should already be thinking about rebuilding. Russell Wilson should be in trade talks immediately. Pat Sertan, the same way. Trade talks immediately. There is no point in continuing a season where clearly both your offense and your defense is a question mark. The Denver marker, the uh, the Denver Broncos seriously need to start a rebuild right now, or it's it's no man's land from here on out. My goodness, man. No, Sammy, you nailed it. Uh, that it can't be overstated that this was a beatdown of historic proportions. You're taking this off, like man. seventy points in a game. That's only happened. A handful of times it cannot be overstated how much of a complete defensive failure this was top to bottom and sammy you broke it down vance joseph needs to be fired he is trying to implement a blitz heavy defense on a unit that is so used to a fangio style scheme that now they're completely changing everything that they do and it is it's killing them it is absolutely killing them you broke it down exactly right there sammy joe i'm going to you next what What's next for the Broncos? Is it time for a complete rebuild like Sammy was saying? I mean, I don't see really how you don't. You're you're looking absolutely terrible. You're you're 0-3. And you were so bad in the first two weeks that I actually left you off my top five teams that are 0-2 that still have a shot at the playoffs. And I put the Bears ahead of you because I had more faith in Justin Fields getting right than I did everything on this offense getting right, even though they have Sean Payton. And the worst part is I... I, I, I gave Russell Wilson a significant, significant amount of hate. He played well in this game. Russell he Wilson did. did rather well in this game. The offense did rather well in this game. I mean, the special teams, they had a kick return for a touchdown. This The story of this game for the Marvin Denver Broncos, unfortunately, is that their defense is dog shit, which doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense. How do you go from having this great defense and a shit offense to flipping a coin, your offense can put up, you know, 400 yards, but your defense is going to give up 67 to Mike White in relief duty. He threw two passes and one of them went for a touchdown. 726, yes. That is absolutely nuts. They didn't allow, they had an average of like 300 yards per game last year, right? They give up an average of 21 points. That's This is the team we're talking about. It's the same, and it, it's so insane that there's been such there's been such a reversal. And one of my one of my friends who's a fan of the Broncos literally said, "I think somebody used a wish with a monkey's paw to have a good offense, and then the monkey's paw curled, and now the defense is broken. It is utterly, utterly broken." Justin, is there any way that it can be fixed? Yeah, you blow it up and you rebuild the whole thing again. <laughs> Uh, here's the problem with Denver. Oh my God. Here's the problem with Denver. Last year showed that you were, or last year, the year before that showed that you were going to start a rebuild when you traded Chubb and you didn't even trade him to Miami. Yep. He, yep. yep. I will neither confirm nor deny that. <laughs> so if you gave up arguably your best defensive player at the time, that does tell you like, hey, we're going to blow things up. We're going to start from the ground up as you probably should have. Get a rookie quarterback, develop them. No, you decided I'm going to go and I'm going to get Russell Wilson here. I'm going to bring up Sean Payne, who hasn't coached in a little minute. And we're going to somehow magically recapture both of their uh, magic moments. And it's not working. Blow up the defense. Start. I don't agree with trading Patrick Sertan. 
I think this is just what is this the second year? Second, yeah. third year? Yeah, third year. Third year. I think it's his third year. year. Yeah, third yeah. year. Third year. Oh, okay, yeah, this is third year. Something's wrong then. Because um, <laughs> third year you're supposed to make the jump. Second year I can understand a little regression, but that's neither here nor there. They need to blow up this whole organization. They need to start from bare bones, get everything back straight. Get rid of Russell Wilson because right now the only thing he's doing is damaging his legacy and his chance that he had of going to the Hall of Fame. Should have just let it go after Seattle. And honestly, Sean Payne, go, go into being an analyst. Go into going like in the booth. Go with Tony Romo. Don't, don't coach anymore because obviously it's not working. You're not having what you had in New Orleans. And, and just to be clear here, they're also already sh- there's rumors that they're already shopping Jerry Judy. But oh Jerry Judy is back on the trading block three weeks into the season after they clearly said, I believe, or no, it was a Bengals said, you know, you can go get your own wide receivers. But yeah, they are back on the market. And the teams that were rumored to be interested in Jerry Judy in the preseason are now also rumored to be interested in Jerry Judy right now. So Patriots fans, if you thought you were getting Jerry Judy in the offseason, your wishes still may be granted because uh, they are one of the teams. I mean, you might as well. Already showing interest goodness. right now in Jerry what Judy. What up? So, and you and you might and you might as well because Jerry Judy as as good as he has looked as good as he has looked there's nothing going right now for this Broncos team it's like I said he's 24 years old he's still young there's still a lot Jerry Judy can give and he's wasting it in Denver go ahead Kyle my goodness no y'all y'all are y'all are getting me excited with Jerry with, with Jerry Judy to New England that would be just phenomenal yeah no I I would have to agree with y'all the Broncos kind of need to blow it up. And there's a lot of in denial Denver fans that are pretty much saying, no, we could still salvage this. And cutting Russell Wilson's contract is just too much. I'm like, it's the, it, it's it, it just a guaranteeing a higher pick. I'm, I'm actually to see which one of these, which team blows it up first. The Vikings um, the, or the Broncos? Because it's got to be one Vikings of the two of them. Might do it first. I think the, <laughs> the Vikings, Vikings may might do it, do it first. first. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a battle. I mean, I I wish they were. I don't know if they're playing later this year, but man, but it just be oh, like. Oh God! Well, the uh, worst is the Vikings have the one of the best off, like number one ranking in tight end. The, 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 the Vikings are a very different situation. Like, yeah, the Vikings are a very different situation because that the quarterback, like the quarterback, play is good in my opinion. The really offense cool. in general is great. The defense leading in sacks right now. Exactly. Their defenders leads the there are, in sacks. There it's are wild. great areas. There are great areas. Exactly. There are great areas on the Vikings that you cannot say are there for the Broncos. So it's like, yeah. what are we doing here, but, right? But so. you would say the Vikings are probably going to blow it up for the Broncos. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Vikings have more direction because the Vikings, like you all said, they have something to build around. Yeah. Now, a team that doesn't have anything to build around is the Arizona Cardinals. But imagine that. Somehow they pull off the win against the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm not saying that the first two weeks when the Cowboys looked really good, I was very, very upset because I called Mike McCarthy a doofus in the preseason. And I still think he's a doofus. And thank you, Arizona, because now he's looking a little doofusy. <laughs> Sammy, I'm going to go to you first, man. Talk to me about Arizona-Dallas. Uh, there's. I don't know if this is two words or one. You guys can help me out. One or two words to describe the woes of Dallas, and that's the red zone. I think they only scored one touchdown in the red zone. That is inexcusable, and that is unacceptable against a team. Now, now before I go in on on the car, on Dallas, I wanted to say let's give credit to Arizona, right? Arizona absolutely balled out, and they've been actually balling out the last the first three weeks of the season. I mean, they're heading into the second half with leads, so it's not completely like terrible for Arizona right now. Their morale is high right now in Arizona. So, and Josh Dobbs, who would have thought Josh Dobbs is looked pretty good a 120 passer rating that the, <laughs> the Cowboys allowed like, and, and 222 rushing yards, which didn't read to the Cowboys. My goodness. I believe last year, the Cowboys were number like a top team in red zone efficiency that has now tanked. And it's completely ridiculous given the talent on this offense. Dallas cannot miss these opportunities against a team like the Niners, against a team like the Eagles, hell, against a team like the Lions, against any good NFC team. This cannot happen. It should never happen. And 
Granted, we we kind of inflated Dallas's ego a bit because let's be honest, what what two two teams did they face in the first two weeks? Two terrible offensive lines, right? Giants and the Jets. So sorry, Justin, but you but it's honestly <laughs> excusable, honestly so inexcusable that you cannot dominate or at least beat a team like the Arizona Cardinals, whose offensive line, I'll be honest, isn't that much better than the Giants. Or the Jets, so it's it's utterly ridiculous. And and honestly, Mike McCarthy, I was giving you the benefit of the doubt in the off season. You're making me look like a bit of an idiot. Okay, you made me look pretty good the first two weeks, but now you're making me look like an idiot. Okay, now it. I'm still. I still think the Cowboys can get back on track. Okay, I still think they can. With that being said, it's very glaring that you're you're losing the games that you should win these are gimme games okay and this is not to disrespect the cardinals but the fact is that the expectations in arizona are not that high the fact that the cowboys could not finish in the red zone whereas last year they could is a very glaring disconcern and it better change very soon because the niners and eagles are not having any of it no definitely not sammy you broke it down perfectly this was a gimme game for Dallas and newsflash Cowboys fans, you've got to play the Eagles twice a year. And I don't know if you knew this, the Eagles, pretty good offensive line. So you're not going to be able to feast on weaker young tackles like you have been for the first couple weeks. And the fact you said it, you said it best. The fact that you're losing the gimme games, it is not very, it's not very much of a positive outlook for some of those tougher games later on in the schedule. Joe, I'm going to you. Talk to me about the Dallas Cowboys. What happened? I mean, you want to say it's red zone efficiency. I want to say it's probably their health. I mean, they had three of their starting linemen, all three of them pro bowlers last year, if I'm not mistaken, out. Trayvon Diggs, their star corner, out. This was an ideally a trap game. And they fell right into it, hook, line, and sinker. I mean, this was, they clearly came into it, you know, status quo. Hey, it doesn't matter. Next man up. We're just going to protect their quarterback and then running game is going to be fine. And everything's going to be good. And for the most part, it was. At the end of the day, though, you had a lot of pass defense. I mean, the Cardinals secondary balled out. I think they had nine pass defense logged on the defense there. They matched the Cowboys in sacks, which should not have happened. That Cardinals offensive line played really well. And Josh Dobbs, He's a mobile guy. He runs the ball. He's he's exactly what you need when you don't have a lot of trust in your offensive line. He's a guy who can create on his own. He can get out in space. And you don't know if he's going to throw or pass. You have to respect that. And that's what he did. That's how they won this game. Josh Dobbs is probably the best thing that could have happened to the Arizona Cardinals. And the, the messed up thing is, outside of a, outside of a Giants collapse, the Cardinals could be two and one right now, and no one, everyone, would be like, "How did this happen?" Because I know at the beginning of the season, I had their QB room ranked dead last. We didn't even say a name; we just said thirty-two Arizona Cardinals QB room because it was like it doesn't matter who they put in there; they're all going to be terrible. Right now, Josh Dobbs is playing like a top twenty quarterback, maybe even top fifteen in my book, because the guy is finding ways to put his team in position to win games. The Cowboys—they have an opposite problem; they have a mobile quarterback who doesn't like to move that much. Dak Prescott used to roll out of the pocket a lot. He used to use his legs a little bit to create, not so much to run for yards, but to extend plays to give his wide receivers chance to do things downfield. I haven't seen that a lot recently. Um, honestly, his completion uh, yards per completion this game were down. I, it was just a bad game for Dak Prescott, and it's kind of getting monotonous and, and, and sort of continuously happening because it seems like all the times, like you were saying, every time they're supposed to have a game they're supposed to win, Dak Prescott has a bad game. Now, I will put more of this on the offensive line health in the continuity on offensive line that's really in the season, then I will Dak Prescott right now. That being said, that defense should not have allowed the Cardinals to do what they did with the amount of player type of players they have on that defense. Trayvon Diggs, as good of a corner as he is, is not the front seven. And that's where this power, the power of the Cowboys is, is the front seven. They're supposed to create pressure, create turmoil, get things uneasy, uncomfortable for the quarterback. They barely did. So I'm actually going to put most of my stock and why the Cowboys lost this football game on the offensive line health, and the fact that the defensive front apparently forgot that they were playing football on Sunday. So that's where I'm at right now. Because, I mean, you, get, you take two sacks. Are you serious? Two sacks? I mean, what are you going to do when you come up against a Patriots defense if those guys are out? Who's got a Fernie Jennings? Who's got, you know, uh, Matt Udon? Who's got, you know, Juwan Bentley? He's got these guys that are flying around the football right now Josh Uche. Josh Uche is coming out. I mean, you're, you're, if you're, you know, Keon White, if those guys oh, don't play, the Cowboys are in for another surprise. 
And that surprise is going to be, holy shit, without Trayvon Diggs in the secondary holding things up, this is not a good team. And don't forget, that Patriots team not too long ago took these Cowboys down to the wire. And Mac Jones was a rookie, so do not. Two years be, ago, right? Yeah, two yeah, years ago. Well, so yeah. don't be surprised if this is a, is a if this is a close game. The Cowboys yeah. need to rebound, but if they don't have health, it's not going to be there. No, definitely not. And if I'm remembering right, I believe it was either the Dallas game or the Tampa game in 2021 that kicked off the big win streak that the Patriots had that pushed them to the playoffs. So here's hoping, Patriots fans, that this upcoming week might begin the start of something glorious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. Joe, that was uh, it's way too accurate. The front seven of the Cowboys just fell asleep at the switch. I don't, I don't even know what happened because... You have Micah part like you have Micah Parsons. That's all you should really need. Like I don't understand. I don't need to say anything else. You have Micah Parsons, arguably one of the best defensive players in football. You can make an argument that he is the best defensive player in football. T.J. Watt has a say, and there's a lot of people that will talk about Nick Bosa, but Micah Parsons is a he's an elite defender, and it looked like that against an Arizona team that is. The odds-on favorite to land Caleb Williams. Uh, at this point, it might be the Bears. But I digress. I'm going to move it right along to the person that was probably the most thrilled to watch the Cowboys' <laughs> bitter defeat. Justin, I'm coming to you. Talk to me about this probably amazing game for you to watch. Okay. So I'm glad we came on to me after we talked about how great Micah Parsons is, which he is. But if there's something that Arizona showed is the one Achilles heel in that Cowboys defense. And that is if you run at Micah Parsons, you will have a better chance to keep that defense from pinning their ears back and getting to your quarterback because that is the strength of that team. They are essentially what the Eagles were last year. They like to run right through your line, get to your quarterback. But if you run at their best defensive player and you have like those two offensive linemen going right after him, All of a sudden, they have to be more aware of that, which means they're going to be less effective in the pass rush. And if that's how they did, how they performed against the Cardinals, imagine them against a team like the Eagles, who like to run down your throat. Pause. Imagine them against a team like the 49ers. If this is how they're going to play defense, they're not getting out of the NFC. Sorry to tell you, Cowboys fans. And that's not me as a Giants fan. That's just me watching the game, period. Flipping the script over to the Cardinals, I did put a story out on our Instagram account about Josh Dobbs because as much as I hate to say he performed really well against my Giants, thank God we came back from the win, but this Cardinals team is making the season interesting. They're not just laying down and saying, you know what, we're just going to lose every game, get Caleb Williams or get any top quarterback we want and then start all over. They're competing. That defense is competing. That running game got 220 yards rushing against the Cowboys out of all teams. You know who doesn't like seeing all that? Kyler Murray. Because he's looking at this like, I couldn't even do all this with the same offense that I had. And that means his job is even more in jeopardy. So, yes, while I love watching the Cowboys take a beating to a team that we almost lost to, I thoroughly enjoy how scrappy the Cardinals are and just want to see what the rest of the season holds for them. Yeah, no, the the Cardinals just are exciting all all of a sudden. They're they're in these close games. Joe, what are you going to say? Could you imagine, could you imagine if the Jets come like week five, called the Cardinals to check on the health of Kyler Murray to see if he's ready to go, and then... I don't like where that. I don't like where that. The Jets get Kyler Murray. No, I don't like that. Take that back. Did you imagine though? I'm a. I'm upset you with you for even. Okay, I'm back. What did, did did I just hear Kyler Murray to the Jets? Did I hear that right? He's I healthy. Immediate. He's healthy. If he's healthy. I don't right? like that. No, I don't like he's that. Healthy. I don't like that you even put and that they're, out they're there. They're holding him out because they don't want to pay him the money. They have questions about his, his capability and everything like that, and they have questions about his, how committed he is to the game, and the Jets are hurting. For a quarterback, but they, but the AFC East outside, like the AFC, I feel like there's some, they're, they're the seventh and sixth wildcard spots are up for grabs. 
I'm not saying the Jets the Jets are going to be too far behind the eight ball at, at come week five for the Dolphins, I believe, to really climb back into the the division race. But I, I, here's Murray, my, here's my but I mean, the problem is you only got him for one year. Here's here's my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, that's gross. Here's here's my thing. And before we move on, Kyle, the problem here is that Kyler Murray. Even he, like, I, I'm not saying Zach Wilson and Kyler Murray are next to each other. Okay, let's let's calm down there. But I will say that Kyler Murray doesn't see the field well either. As, like, I'm not saying he's much. Literally, he's much he better. Literally can't see the field. Okay, yeah. all right, all right, Justin. All right, we get it. All right, he's short. Yes, guys, he's short. All right, he's not that's, a short king. that's what I'm saying, America. That's what I'm saying. He's a short man. All right, and he has a terrible offensive line. <laughs> and on top of all of that. He doesn't see the field much better. Not he sees it better than Zach Wilson. But what is that really saying? You know what I mean? Like it's he's mobile. So he's more I, mobile. I think I, he is more mobile. He is more mobile. But I just I just don't. Well, I see what's your point, and I like the idea for sure, Joe. I just don't think that moves the needle much no. for for the Jets. It was it was a crash. I mean. It's not a bad opinion. If I wanted to say anything to Jets fans before we get into, you know, hey, 15 to the Patriots sucks, you know, you'll live in that forever, probably 16 by the end of the year if you don't do something at quarterback. Uh, Sorry to tell you. But uh, I remember in the offseason when you guys were talking about, oh, we're going to get Aaron Rodgers and the amount of money you were thinking about paying Aaron Rodgers over like three or four years. And I was like, you know, it's funny that that is the same contract annually you could give for Lamar Jackson right now. And Lamar Jackson got uh, signed to a competitive tender, which means you could have offered him the same amount of money yep. or a little bit more. And the Ravens would either had to have matched or let him go. And they already said, that's your mark. So you could have went and got Lamar Jackson, who is healthy, who is younger, who is still playing, who's got a shit offense he's playing behind. And you could have gave him all those offensive weapons in New York. And you said, now nah, we'll go with the 40-something-year-old guy. I'm sure he's going to be healthy all season. And it would have been the same deal because with that um, that tender that Lamar Jackson had, you would have just had to give up a first-round pick. Yeah, exactly. which you were already going to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, what you did to get yeah. – Well, now it's only a second. It. I will say it's only – only now a it's second. only a second, but no, you're no, also no. not a Super Bowl favorite. So oh, second, <laughs> oh, a second. Well, wow. of, uh, if you ask me, a second I'm or sorry, first, that... for, to be a Super Bowl favorite, possibly Super Bowl champion, I'm probably giving up a first. And then the monkey's paw curled. <laughs> yeah, which I'm gonna. Because I digress, Jets fans. Stop it with the monkey's paw, Kyle. Speaking of Lamar, I'm gonna bring that up a lot. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, somewhere here, and his terrible, terrible offense, they blew it against the Gardner Minshew Colts. And listen, I love the Gardner Minshew. King. Minshew mania is here in full force, everyone. I'm Gardner so Minshew. thrilled. How go. in the world this Colts team beat the Baltimore Ravens, I have no idea, but I'm sure Sammy's going to tell me all about it. I mean, it's it's simple. This Ravens offense still needs work. It, it still needs work with all the hype with Zay Flowers, with all the hype with the receivers that they got. It's still the passing game still isn't exactly there. And although the rushing is is still it's Lamar Jackson, so you're rushing to be there. I feel like the passing game still needs work. But I want to make this about the Colts, and I want to make this win about the Colts because. They have surprised us this year. I think a lot of teams thought they were going to be a mediocre team. This defense, I want to credit them. This defense is showing up. And let me tell you, it's showing up at a perfect time when you're getting when you have a franchise quarterback right at the helm, ready to go. Now, granted, he didn't play this game, but it's got to be a good sign for Colts fans, knowing that you can rely on your defense and you don't have to rely on your rookie quarterback to win games. Gardner Minshew, he played all right. All right. He played okay. That's all I'll say about that. But honestly, if you can only play okay and this and that wins you games, whether it be in overtime or in regulation, that's a great sign if you're a Colts fan. This defense, I cannot believe we didn't see this coming. Their defense still is very talented. So with all this being said, I really want to see AR5 now back out there to see what this team can really look like. Because now with the Jacksonville Jaguars losing to the Texans, which I'm sure we'll get into a little later. <laughs> there's there's a real question mark in that division who's really the better team because right now the Colts they're two and one they're head and shoulders above the division right now right they have a solid defense and their offense with AR5 has looked pretty respectable could we be seeing 
right now a shift completely from what all of us originally thought. The Jacksonville Jaguars heading into the season were the odds on favor to win the AFC South. Right now, it's not looking at all. Right now, it's a competitive division. Who would have thought the AFC South, a competitive division, right? But it's not... I don't think any of us expected AR5 to look as mature as he did. This defense to look as good as it does right now against a Lamar Jackson offense that was really looked pretty good the first two weeks. Aside. Maybe the Texan day looked a little shaky, but against the, the Bengals, they looked really, really good for them to do that to against Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. Very, very impressive. Hats off to the Indianapolis Colts for sure. And for better analysis, go to Joe. <laughs> Joe, take it, take it right away. I mean, we've seen this episode before. We saw it last year. The Colts defense came out and they shut down a Chiefs defense or shut down a Chiefs team that ultimately went on to win the Super Bowl and almost won that game. Did the same thing to the Eagles, who was the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. I mean, this Colts defense has shown up in games before and completely forgot to show up the next week. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're that they're the top cream of the crop in that division because they've let me down too many times for me to actually want to be able to say that. The other part is AR-15 has played two games. He's yet to finish a game he started because he continuously gets knocked the fuck out. And... He's not, that was the biggest knock on him was that he runs like Cam Newton, but he's not as big. He runs like Lamar Jackson, but he's not as fast. You know, so he's not as big, he's not as fast, and he's trying to take these hits. Teach this man to slide. Teach him to get, do the thing that Lamar Jackson does. He gets out of bounds. Find a way to survive. Don't go for the extra three yards because guess what? If it's second and fucking three or second and five, you can get them next time. Seven and five with your star quarterback under center is significantly better than second and fucking two, and he's on the side with a concussion. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Gardner Minshew. I think Gardner, when before the Patriots drafted Mac Jones, I'm a Patriots fan. Everyone knows this. Before the Patriots drafted Mac Jones, I said trade for Gardner Minshew. They're going to tank for for Trevor Lawrence. You could get you could get Gardner Minshew right now and for nothing. Sign him. Don't draft a quarterback in the first round. Just get weapons. He is serviceable enough at quarterback to be good. I will take Gardner Minshew. We didn't get him. He went to Philly. Jalen Hurst got hurt. What happened? Gardner Minshew won them some games. He actually was competitive in the Dallas game that that year too. It was really, really. He's a good quarterback. I think he's a good enough quarterback to start in this league. I think he's better than some of the starters in this league. I would stand by that 100%. That being said, in a you know just rainy, windy, just abysmal game in Baltimore, he did enough for the team to win. He didn't turn the ball over. That's what matters. Gardner Minshew held on to the football. He got his team in position to win, and they won. Their kicker, absolutely out of this world. That man deserves a pay raise. Okay, he's doing great things. But the real question here is, where does Baltimore go? You didn't want to pay Lamar Jackson all the money because you didn't think he was worth it. So far, he hasn't looked like it, right? He's turned the ball over and a lot of passing yards, passing efficiencies down. You know, he just, it doesn't look like it. You try to get him some extra weapons. He signs a flowers, give him some guy who can win a lot of his matchups. You still have Mark Andrews. J.K. Dobbins going down obviously hurts everything, but you still had a lot of good running backs in that stable. You did it because they all go down all the time, so you got as many of them as you can. You have Melvin Gordon, all right? You have Gus Bradley. Like You have guys that are there, or Gus Edwards. You have guys that are there. It should not be this bad. And every time they get a good player in, in the wide receiver core, they ship them off. Not they sent Hollywood Brown to Arizona. They, got, they signed an aging OBJ who I haven't seen really show up. Zay Flowers has been the best wide receiver on that team, and he's played three games in the NFL. I think that you made a mistake. You should have 110% signed Lamar Jackson, did a sign and trade, found somebody. I think if you had called New York and said, hey, we can send you Lamar Jackson, they would have taken him. I think that if you had called some of these other teams that have quarterback questions, the, the Washington Commanders would have taken Lamar Jackson. Okay, and you, would, you could have gotten some first-round picks. You could have gotten some stuff to rebuild. Because you have a guy who's Lamar Jackson light, who didn't play half bad in relief of Lamar Jackson. So, I mean, granted, you know, Baltimore, you're still probably going to win this division unless Cincinnati wakes up, which, you know, they finally won a game. Woo! But at the end of the day, you're still not looking good, man. And I don't know how you fix it. I, I'd like to, before you, I hate to cut you off, Kyle or Justin. I, let, let's pump the brakes on Baltimore, like regretting paying Lamar Jackson. I really want to see if he can finish the year. I really want to see if he can still look. 
you said it yourself it was a rainy day it was a very abysmal day this is why i didn't want to give too much flack on the ravens losing more on the colts winning because the colts are two and one right now so i want to give them a bit more credit than the ravens right now look the ravens i believe are on top of the division right now so i i think that right there is what matters if they win this division and they go to the playoffs and they're sh they do a deep playoff run then lamar jackson is being paid exactly what he deserves now you would like you would like for lamar jackson to improve his passing stats absolutely but he's such a dynamic runner right now and he's safe on top of all that so you want him to use his legs as well do you want him to improve as a passer absolutely yes we want you to improve as a passer lamar please prove that that was wrong but at the same time if the run if the running game is working which granted it was a bit shaky against indianapolis if the running game is working and the passing is there still not insanely great but it's there i think they're getting paid he's getting paid exactly what he deserves just my opinion go ahead kyle no yeah y'all are breaking it down beautifully i mean i can't speak highly enough of the colts defense they looked amazing out mm -hmm. there and it kind of makes me wonder is like how much of it actually was matt eberflus and how much of it was just their players <laughs> being great you know these are, the, uh, these are the things that I think about. But the Colts, the Colts did look very good. Um, but y'all broke it down pretty, pretty much spot on. Anthony Richardson's got to learn how to slide because it's it's one thing it's one thing to have a great defense and you know let that be your crutch for your rookie quarterback. But if you're still putting him in harm's way, like you might not be putting his statistics in harm's way by asking him, "Hey, go win this game." and he's forcing a lot of turnovers but you're putting him in actual harm's way by not teaching him to take care of his body and that was exactly right you broke it down perfectly justin i'm gonna go to you next the colts get it done they're two and one jacksonville might be dead we'll get into that later but talk to me about the ravens and the colts look i'm, I'm gonna just keep it at a tale of three quarterbacks that's what the story is really about you got lamar jackson you got garner Minshew. Then you got Anthony Richardson. Now, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, I have no issues with the Ravens. I think this is like a beginning of season. Typically happens. You always start off slow. This Ravens team has been known to like start the seasons off slow and then pick things up by the midpoint. So I feel like they're going to be fine. Gardner Minshew, I wish I could say Minshew Mania is coming back, but Minshew. I I've, seen it, I've seen it happen before. He, he starts up, he plays a good game, he gets you some wins, and then he'll play a terrible game the next week. He is essentially this current generation's version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hell yeah. He, I'll take it. Anyone <laughs> yeah. in the NFL will all love him, and then he'll go up to ESPN, be an analyst, and we'll still love him then. Oh, Richardson he's is such a likable guy. He, he is, is a lovable guy. It's been a yeah, summer in a bus, bro. Like, we're in oh denim suits. <laughs> I you actually like have this song, Fortunate Son was a human being. Like, <laughs> yeah. the Creedence Clearwater yes. Revival song, Fortunate Son. If you just clean Creedence Clearwater Revival albums were all, like, melted down and molded into a person, it would be... I mean, this is the man who shattered his non-throwing hand with a hammer so you get one more year of college eligibility, all right? Like, let's not, like... Gardner Minshew's a man of the people. He's a dog. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But, but the one I really want to touch on is Anthony Richardson because Joe made a good point. He runs like Cam Newton but isn't big enough. He runs like uh, Lamar Jackson but isn't fast enough. You know who he's running like right now? Josh Allen. And he ain't because big enough. <laughs> he's not big enough. But they both have the same issue. They take these big hits. And Josh Allen has been – had to go on the sidelines once in a while because of those hits. And the same thing's going to happen with Anthony Richardson. He needs to learn how to slide. And I feel like if he does learn that, because he is still a developing quarterback as a rookie. Mm -hmm. But right. the way that that Colts defense is willing to carry that team, maybe the AFC South might be theirs because there are some issues in Jacksonville. So it's a toss-up. If he can get it together, this team could be a dark horse in the playoffs or for the playoffs, I should say. But it, it all is going to fall on him at this point. All has to all has to hinge on a clean bill of health for AR5. I feel like we're all pretty much in agreement on that. The question becomes, is Shane Steichen going to be able to coach that into Anthony Richardson? And I think yes. I think Shane Steichen has shown he's a good coach. 
He's not, I don't yes. know if he's an elite yes. coach. I don't know if he's going to be some phenomenal wizard talent, but he's shown that he's a solid coach at the very least. Like he has gotten the very best out of this roster for the Indianapolis Colts. And that deserves a big bit of kudos, but let's move right along to a game that we've been alluding to for a while. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they, is it, I'm just going to ask it straight up. Joe, is it time for the Jaguars to ring the alarm bells? Absolutely not. Listen, the Jaguars, they've had a problem with Houston, regardless of how good or bad Houston is. It has been consistent. It's, it's almost as consistent as the Jets not beating the Patriots. I'm going to just keep <laughs> drubbing that drum for all of our Jets fans. All right, there, right, Gage, close your ears. Please. All right, and, and I'm serious. I and mean, that's what it is. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good or bad the Houston Texans are. It doesn't matter how good or bad the New York Jets are. They're going to lose to the Patriots or the or, or in this case the Texans. The Jaguars just for some odd reason they could go 15, 16 and one and they're going to lose to the Texans. It's just like the Patriots. We could go 16 and one and you know who we're going to lose to? The fucking Dolphins in Miami because we do every year. It happens all the time. It's happened my entire life, okay? Like, we were talking about blowouts earlier. I still remember the 35 or whatever it was, the three when the Wildcat got unveiled, and I couldn't believe it when I looked at my phone and saw how badly we were getting destroyed, okay? It's 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 it's, it's, as, it's as certain as the sun's going to come up tomorrow. You know what I mean? That's how certain I am that Houston, Texas is going to lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars at least once a year. And... This is that one time. It's unfortunate, you know, because now you're in a in a in a dogfight for the division that you didn't think you were going to be in. I mean, every one of us thought that this division was going to go zero and three outside of Jacksonville, and we probably, you know, most people were like, oh yeah, I can see that. But yeah, no, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars do not need to hit the panic button. It is early in the year. It's week three. You got beat by a team that's got a lot of young players and a lot of young talent and a quarterback and C.J. Stroud who might be the best rookie quarterback of this draft. Not, it's nothing to knock on. I mean. He's he's healthy. He's out there a lot. He's throwing the ball well. That you can't knock anything on CJ Stroud. They got a lot of young talent on that team. Tank Dell is absolutely destroying people right now. If you're not if, if Tank Dell's available in your fantasy league, you need to go pick that man up because he's going to yeah. continue to do what he's doing. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent, go do that right now. But yeah, no Jacksonville. Do not hit the panic button. This is a expected loss as far as I'm concerned. You guys are going to be just fine. Well, nothing going, nothing going crazy for Jacksonville in Joe's book. And I I would probably agree with that. The Texans, for what it's worth, they're going to be a scrappy team because CJ Stroud does look very good. Um, he's been efficient. He's been relatively safe with the football and has done his job as a rookie quarterback. And D'Amico Ryans has done his job as a new head coach, and he looks very good doing it. And I'm really, I'm excited for the young talent on this Houston Texans team. Um, I I do think that there needs to be a little bit of adjustments made by Jacksonville. I think that there's some lacking efficiency with the offense that we might have expected with Doug Peterson's system kind of getting into its second year, more and more familiarity for, you know, Trevor Lawrence. I don't think I was expecting such a sluggish start, but Sammy, should I have expected it? Uh, no, I don't think we should have. And, and I know Joe's not going to hit the panic button and I'm not going to hit the panic button either. Like, let's be clear. I still think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win the AFC South, but the Colts are just making it interesting. Um, I I will say this though. And I, and I took, I did take a bit of notes on this game because I found it like 37, 17 is uncanny, especially with a team that just drafted a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach. Like this doesn't make any sense for it to blow. And that's why I think it's a little different any other year i mean the houston texans are coming into this game established that it's going to be like growing pains the jacksonville jaguars on the other hand joe are trying to take a step to the next level and that's what makes it a little bit more different than what than the past years i understand texans have had had their number absolutely they have but there's something about a team trying to contend going back to the same old habits that they should be getting over that's a little unsettling i want to point if you point out in the first half and i apologize if i take a bit with this calvin ridley there was a ball thrown by trevor lawrence justin you may have seen it perfectly placed right on the money and calvin ridley drops it that's a touchdown that is a a a clear touchdown there's a second drop by calvin ridley right in his chest it just rolls off of him and that could have been a first down i think i'm pretty sure they ended up punting 
the, the first drop led to a, a missed field goal. The second drop led to a uh, a punt. That right there is a disconnection between Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley that I did not think would show up, right? And then the defense, look, we all coming into this year knew that this defense wasn't special, right? But the offense was supposed to be explosive. But right now what's happening is the offense is putting the defense in bad positions. And it's become, it's utterly ridiculous some of the penalties that Jacksonville is doing. That's forcing, it's kind of forcing the issue with Jacksonville to like make these brash, it, it's it's weird. It's like, it's uncanny, like I said. um, it To put it to you lightly, I think CJ Stroud played absolutely amazing. Um, He's the third quarterback in NFL history to throw for 900 yards. The two above him, check this out, Justin Herbert and Cam Newton. That is a very nice class to be a part of. Now, with that, all that being said, I still think the Texans are going to struggle a bit. This is a great win for the organization, though, winning against the Jacksonville Jaguars that was projected to be a great team. But I don't I, I want to see some consistency in Jacksonville. I want to see something out of the ordinary something consistent because right now joe you said joe you said it best the texans have owned them right if this is their division that should not be the case so i expect jacksonville to bounce back eventually there's no time to panic right now absolutely that i agree with joe there but it, it's it's a bit ridiculous that we're going back to old habits losing to the texans when you should be taking a step to becoming contenders go ahead no, yeah, absolutely. And it seems like the AFC South is wide open for the taking. It's just no one is taking it, which is so bizarre. Uh, but uh, Justin, I'm going to go over to you. Give me your thoughts on the Jaguars dropping to the Texans. Okay, I, I guess I owe the Jaguars a little bit of grace if I'm using this excuse for the Ravens also. But it's the beginning of the season. It's the second year under the system. Um the whole thing between uh, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley, let's remember, Calvin Ridley missed a whole season being under suspension. And this is his first year with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. So it makes sense that there's going to be some growing pains while they built that quarterback receiver relationship between the two. So I have to give them some grace. I'm going to say that this is just early season slumps. It's going to get better as the season goes on. But i got to say... I guess I'm a fan of scrappy teams. I love what D'Amico Ryan is doing in Houston with the Texans. And it's showing that, one, they made a pretty good hire so far, so far, with who their head coach is. And they actually drafted well this year. So, obviously, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson Jr., getting them two and three, obviously. But getting Tank Dell, who I found out while doing research for this topic, it was actually recommended by C.J. Stroud that they draft Tank Dell. And that oh, is wow. showing so far to be a match made in heaven. Yes, it was an interview that uh, Tank actually did where he said he was texting with C.J. Stroud after C.J. was drafted. And C.J. told him, hey, I just told the brass like to pick you up. Like I, wanted, I want you to come over here. And they're showing that they have that chemistry as a quarterback receiver. And they're rookies. That's, so that's if, very important. If this develops, then the Texans are in a good place in that rebuilding stage that we need to see Denver go into. <laughs> I'm going to throw that in there again. <laughs> when you blow it all up and you do it right. <laughs> Cannot emphasize enough. Denver, blow it up. Blow it all up. Chicago, you too. Circle. I'm talking like a, to you as well. Square. Square has corners. Square has corners. <laughs> but you know who doesn't like this so far? The Carolina Panthers. Oh, boy. yeah. Right, yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. Nice young. Yeah. Remember yeah. when everyone was everyone was saying how how absurd it was for us to be even questioning Bryce Young at number one overall? Now C.J. Stroud's out playing it. I, I, let's not be unfair to Bryce Young, okay? Look, Bryce Young is off to a, a, a shaky start for sure, but I also think he's probably in one of the worst... I think he's in a bit of a worse situation right now in Carolina, in my opinion. I know, you know, CJ Stroud's situation isn't that much better. Oh, no. Granted. It's, it is that much better. It, 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 
Granted, I think Bryce Young. Better running back, better exactly. You, you know what? You're right. No, never mind. I, I retract my <laughs> statement. Thank you, Joe. I retract my statement. It is that much better. All right. No. <laughs> no, but and I think also Bryce Young does have a guy named Laramie Tunsil. Exactly. So I, I think Good I think Bryce Young, Bryce Young Bryce Young needs to give be given a lot of time because right now he has the. I think the coaching staff is pretty good. I think the defense is solid. Everything about the offensive end right now is just like it's just. I don't want to say mid. It's such an overuse. It's it's relatively average. It's just <laughs> it's bad. Okay, it's, it's moderately in the middle. Exactly. So um, but let's it's mid for the NFC South, which is even worse. Yeah, NFC ah, South isn't okay. No, never mind. With that curve, <laughs> oh, don't even start <laughs> with the. No, it's it's it's, been, it's 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 been my goodness. It's been weird again this year with the NFC South. Can it be normal? For goodness' sake, no, go no, ahead, Kyle. No, 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 no. Ever since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, sold their soul to win a Super Bowl, the NFC South has had a little bit of a curse over it. That it's just like, hey, we're gonna be weird now. We're gonna be crazy. Your best is uh, Baker Mayfield. It's Four weird uncles, but you know, one of them's going to show up to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect description of that division. My goodness. We've been talking about week three for a while. I'm sick of it. We have only a little bit of time left in this episode, and we have a great Thursday night football matchup to talk about between the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. And I'm going to be honest, I'm very frustrated that it's a great matchup because I'm very frustrated that Jordan Love looks like a good quarterback, and I'm very frustrated with my entire existence as a Bears fan, but I digress. I'm going to take it down. Sammy, talk to me about the Lions taking on the Packers. Uh, I think it's fair to say right now the Lions have been a bit inconsistent to start the year, and I'm talking about on the offensive end. Week one, they looked a bit shaky. Week two, they blew up. But now week three, it's it's been kind of they only had one explosive play, and that was to Sam Laporta. Thank you, helping my fantasy team. Um, but it's it's kind of been an inconsistency and been very inconsistent there. And you're going up against a team that's very structural and it's playing to Jordan Love's strengths, and they're not very healthy right now. So I, I this matchup is very interesting because I think heading into the season, we had questions about Jordan Love. We had a bit of questions about the Packers in general, and we were kind of very high on the Lions, right? Well, right now, this matchup is looking a little bit more even three weeks into the season. Jared Goff is, look, is, is looking like a pretty damn good quarterback, right? Jordan Love is looking like a pretty damn good quarterback, right? I think right now, though, the defense has shit like the defense right now with the inconsistency right now from the Lions, it's kind of like favoring towards a little bit towards the Packers here. The Packers looks like more like a better overall team in general, in my opinion, right now. So with all this being said, I don't know if we're making predictions yet. Are we, Kyle? Just to make sure we are. Go right ahead and do it, man. Go right ahead and do it. With all this being said, I do think the Lions offense picks back up. I think they do bounce back and get back to that explosiveness. I know it's going to be a little bit difficult, a short week going up against the Packers defense, which has been pretty solid. But I think, and the Saints did give Jordan Love fits. I think this Lions defense could give them fits too, especially if David Bakhtiari isn't ready to go. Aiden Hutchinson could be living in the backfield. So I'm going to pick the Lions. I've got about 70% confidence with with all this uh Lions C thing. Minus, right now bro. Caesar degree. C, C-, 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 C- minus for sure. Because I I just think that the Lions right now have not really showed consistency. And I if you're a content a contending team, as uh Matt from House Call Sports would like to uh explain to you. I think you want to have a bit of consistency right now. So I, I don't think the Lions are showing up, but I do think they bounce back and win week uh, four. Very interesting prediction there. Uh, we'll see what I go with. Uh, I, I have a lot of hatred in my heart for the Packers, and I do have some interesting points that I'll bring up about Jordan Love looking as good as he has against the three teams that he has played against. But before I get into that, Joe, I want to hear your thoughts on who you think is going to walk out with the win in Thursday Night Football. So we're talking about injuries and how inconsistent the Lions have looked. The Lions defense, as soon as C.J. Gardner-Johnson went down, took a step back. I think that that was a major loss for them from a leadership standpoint in the, in the secondary. And I think that we saw that happen with how well the defense played against uh, Seattle and then some of the issues they were having with, with Atlanta. 
I think that there's some health issues on both sides of the ball here, but the Packers got good news. Christian Watson and Aaron Jones are expected to play in this game. Your real question is, Jair Alexander going to play? If he plays, I like the Packers. I really do. I think they have a shot. I think that uh, Jair Alexander, along with those offensive weapons returning, are really going to give the Detroit Lions something to deal with. I think that this is going to be a competitive game. It's going to be close. If, if, but if uh, Jair Alexander doesn't play, the Packers are going to have to, to get into a boat race, I feel like, you know, because of what the Lions can do. Uh, David or uh, I believe David Montgomery is reported to possibly be back for this game as well. So the Lions are getting healthy with uh, their their ground and pound. You know, their short yardage guy, Jameer Gibbs, is slowly but surely getting integrated in. This could be a, you know, a show up game for Jameer Gibbs if he ends up getting the play usage that we're all hoping he's going to get eventually. Please, God, help my fantasy team. And then, uh, you know, but. I just, I like Sam Laporta. I like what this Lions offense is doing. I like, you know, but their defense in the secondary, I got some questions and the Packers have shown if you can't guard these wide receivers and Aaron Jones can get into space on these corners. You're in trouble because they have some speedsters. They have some athleticism, but I'm still going to go with the Lions, but I'm going to say it's probably no more than three points. I, before we, uh, I hate to cut you off, Kyle, we're short on time. I just want to say, I hate saying this. Right now, we're seeing Matt LaFleur's offense fully. I feel like Aaron Rodgers right now didn't let Matt LaFleur's offense flourish as much as it was supposed to. Right now, with Jordan Love at quarterback, this is the offense that Matt LaFleur has envisioned um, all this time. Go ahead, Kyle. I'm sorry. You are all good. And I'll tell Ty points about Matt LaFleur, too. But I'll bite my tongue for just one more moment. Justin, talk to me about Thursday Night Football, my man. Okay. I don't think any of us were thinking when the season first started that the battle for first place going into week four was going to be between Detroit and Green Bay. I sure as heck didn't think so. I thought it was Detroit and Minnesota, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I think this is going to be a close game. Jordan Love has one thing in common with the Detroit offense, and it's that they've been inconsistent so far. They'll either play really well or they'll struggle. And I would have walked into this week and said, oh, the Lions uh, front seven is going to get into the backfield and Jordan Love's going to have problems because we still don't know what's going on with David Bakhtiari. But I just went back into the stats for their game against New Orleans. They only gave up one sack. And last I checked, New Orleans has a good front line. They just paid their pass rusher who has two and a half sacks in three weeks. So... It, it, it's a toss-up. It can go either way, but I honestly have Green Bay by three points, just kicking a field goal, winning it. It's going to make for a good game for Thursday Night Football, though. No doubt about it. This is going to be such an exciting matchup for Thursday Night Football. I'm excited for it. I'm very pumped. And let me tell you something. I think the Detroit Lions are going to be walking out with the win. And here's why. Because we have seen, as you said, we have seen Matt LaFleur's offense uh, play up against a JV defense in the Chicago Bears. Uh, we've seen Matt LaFleur's offense lose to Arthur Smith's Atlanta Falcons. And we've seen Matt LaFleur's offense only put up 18 points against a backup quarterback-led Jameis Winston Saints team. So I'm still I'm, – we, we don't know about Jordan Love still because he hasn't been tested yet, frankly. Uh, he was let back into that game by a very ineffectively run Saints team. Um, and good for him for taking advantage of the opportunity. That's what you're supposed to do in that situation. But I still don't think that he has had a true test yet. Do I think that this Lions team is a true test? Without CJ Gardner-Johnson, I don't know, but it's a lot more of a test than he's faced so far. And I think he's just barely not going to be able to do it. It's still going to be a close game. Uh, Jordan Love will still put up some good numbers, still put up some good points because the defense of the Detroit Lions is their weak point. We all knew this coming into the season that defense was what they needed the most work on. But I think that the offense is going to start clicking again. They took a while to get going last year in Detroit, uh, so I'm not really too worried about them having inconsistent starts of this season. And I do think that Ben Johnson's offense is going to be able to start clicking a little bit faster than it did last year. So I'm going with the Detroit Lions by a touchdown, but it could be much closer than that. And with that, we've broken down some week three action. There was still so many storylines we didn't even get into with Deshaun Watson and the Browns, the Browns seemingly just 
trying to run him out of town by their play calling and making sure that he looks as just average and mediocre as possible. Because if they cut his contract, they still are paying him $230 million. And Justin Fields looking like absolute odd garbage against the Kansas City Chiefs. And we got to preview a little bit of Thursday Night Football. Make sure you watch it this Thursday on Prime. It's going to be a blast to watch. Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers, tune in. And we'll see you on the next episode. That's Joe. That's Sammy. That's Justin. I'm Kyle. It's been great hanging out with y'all. And we'll see you for the next one.